Yes, so glad you're all here. Wasn't last um, Sunday? <laughs> it's always a blur. Wasn't last Sunday so good with Jeff and his team? Okay, it was last Sunday. All right. <laughs> Life is a blur to me right now. I can't keep track of the days, but it was so good having them here and. I was so blessed by that. I was blessed to see that everyone was being blessed. And it was just awesome. So good. And it's so good to see what God is doing with all of us. So welcome to Legacy City Church. Looking forward to another great night with Jesus tonight. A couple of announcements before we get rolling in the river is that this uh, Wednesday we'll be doing our fifth session of Danny Silk's Foundations of Honor. Whoa! <laughs> yay! Yay! Confrontation, yay! <laughs> Who loves confrontation? <laughs> Woo! Yeah, you'll love it even more after this session of Confrontation Part 3 results. So look forward to that. It's been some really good teaching so far. I've been learning a lot, and I hope that you guys are all too. And we'll continue on that. Then next up, we're going to be having the Bethel BSSM team. That stands for Bethel School of the Supernatural Ministry. That's like a tongue twister. <laughs> Bethel School of Super Super Supernatural Ministry. Yeah, Super Supernatural Ministry. Um, so that's going to be awesome. I'm really looking forward to that, too. Yeah. That's going to be another power night, yeah. like every night that's here. Yeah, Redding. Oh, my gosh. That's going to be cool. That's going to be cool. That's going to be awesome. So, guys, let's stand up. Let's get ourselves ready. Maybe don't stand up too fast. <laughs> Maybe stand up just right. <laughs> Yeah. God will heal you. That's right. Let's just prepare ourselves. We're going to press in. Let's just jump right in. Any distractors, just let's, pass, let's push past those, and let's just give God the full entire glory, every ounce of it's uh, within us, to give him glory. Lord, we come before you tonight. We just love you so much. We're so thankful for all that you do for us. We give you all the glory and praise. Lord, we look forward to seeing what you're going to do. And we just thank you, Lord. We fully submit ourselves to you. This is your kingdom. This is your church. This is your city. And we're just here to join you and partner with you in what you're doing. We love you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We give you the glory. We give you shouts of praise. Woo! Yeah. We clap. We give you an applause, Lord. We give you shouts of praise. Thank you, Jesus. We love you, Lord. Thank you, Father. And we just step in. We can't wait. We're coming into the throne room right now to give you all the praise and the glory. Lord God, fill this room with your presence tonight, Lord God. Fill this room with your love, Lord God. Let nothing be untouched by your love and your presence and your anointing oil, Lord God. We love you, Lord, and give you the thanks and the praise in Jesus' name. Jesus, we worship you. We worship you. 
each one of us in this room has a unique voice and a unique way of expressing worship. Just lift up your worship to him. Let it be a sweet, sweet sound. Jesus, we praise you. our worship with communion you know I believe sometimes communion is the perfect response to Jesus saying I will take this bride to be my very own and it's our opportunity to respond back to him and say I do I do I do Jesus so we're gonna do this we're gonna take our time so I'm gonna just invite you guys to go ahead and come on up grab your Grab your juice and your bread, your cracker, your matzah, and then take it back to your seat with you, and we'll, we'll continue just to enjoy this time in the Lord's presence. Thank you, Lord.
instructions to do this in remembrance of him it wasn't just so that we would have a a boring ritual to do over and over have a little appetizer before you leave here and go have dinner or whatever this was meant to be a powerful transaction where we get to participate in the body and blood of our king the body and blood of king jesus creator of the universe God who became man, God of God, light of light, very God of very God. I know I'm quoting one of those creeds from back in the day. Very God of very God. He's our king. His presence is in the room. His spirit is here. And I believe that as we participate in communion tonight, he's going to release life into us, into you, into me individually. So we're going to just have fun with Benny Johnson's book, God Rest Your Soul. She's with a great cloud of witnesses right now, probably smiling as we take her book and the book that she so prayerfully put together. You know, originally I was thinking I was going to just uh, jump up here while worship was transitioning between songs and right before that communion song. I thought, oh, we could just do communion then. But then things kind of rolled along tonight. And I thought, no, we need to take our time. We need to take some time tonight. So I'm going to just read a few things. and I'll probably ask you guys to recite, a, a, you know, repeat a few things after me. So Benny encourages us in this, and this is what the scripture also says, that we do want to examine our hearts before we take this together. Jesus came as our example. Everything that Jesus did here on earth was an example for us to model in our daily lives. As soon as Jesus talked about the impending betrayal He turned around and praises God. God, help us to do the same. Help us to do the same. Being rejected or betrayed has been a part of all of our lives. So just take a moment right now. Ask yourself a few questions. Is there anyone that you need to forgive? Is there anyone whom you have been unkind to. Ask God to forgive you and commit to him that you will go and make things right as soon as this is done. So I just want you to pray this after me. Father God, is there anyone I need to forgive? strain too hard. If you don't have anyone that comes to mind, it's probably because you're good. You've taken care of it already. 
but the first person or persons that came to mind, just take a moment and just before the Lord, just say, Father God, I choose to forgive these people. And just lay it down, lay down the offense, lay down the sin that they may have committed against you. Just lay it down before him now. Father God, I choose to forgive. Just as in Christ, God forgave all of our sins, so we choose to forgive. Thank you, Lord. If there is any bitterness or unforgiveness inside of you, you may want to give him that right now. You can just hand it to him to say, Jesus here, I don't want this in me. I want you to take it away. It's of no use to you. It will destroy you. Bitterness and unforgiveness will destroy you. Forgive anyone you need to forgive and make it right with God now. So we hold the bread in our hands. Just as you hold this bread and you look at it, this bread represents Jesus and his unbroken, I'm sorry, it was unbroken, his broken body became broken for us. So this bread represents Jesus and his broken body. It also represents our healing. Do you need healing in your body? Do you need emotional freedom? Is your spirit crushed and you need Jesus' healing touch? If you need a miracle, put your hand on your heart and let's let this prophetic word from Isaiah sink deep into our spirit. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was crushed for our wickedness, our sin, our injustice, our wrongdoing. The punishment required for our well-being fell on him and by his stripes, his wounds, we are healed. We are healed. This is a prophetic depiction of all that Jesus would accomplish. Peace, well-being, and healing. You are healed. I'm going to declare this over you. Your body, your soul, and your spirit will be well in the name of Jesus. You will walk in well-being. He died for you. He died for me. Jesus, come. Come, Lord. Come, Lord Jesus. Thank you for your broken body. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, right here, there are people who need your healing presence, Jesus. I declare healing into you by the power of Jesus that you would walk in total well-being. Thank you, Jesus, that you are no respecter of persons. Everyone can come to the table. Thank you, Jesus, that you are here. So let's take the bread together.
believe that by his stripes you are healed, just say, I receive it. I receive it. I receive it. Thank you, Jesus. So we're going to read this aloud. Well, I'm going to read it because I don't have it on the screen for you guys. It's Matthew 26, 27 through 28. So just look at the cup. You can hold it before the Lord. It says, when he had taken the cup and given thanks, he gave it to them saying, drink from it, all of you, for this is my blood of the new and better covenant, which ratifies the agreement and is being poured out for many as a substitutionary atonement for the forgiveness of sins. So we take this cup in our hands. This cup, it represents the blood of Jesus, our salvation. Jesus' blood changed everything for each one of us forever. When that stone was rolled away, he rose in victory. We get to participate in that victory and live forever under the new covenant you and I are able to go boldly before the throne of grace. And we have a savior who intercedes for us on our behalf. You will never be alone. Some of you need to hear that tonight. You will never be alone. You will never be found unworthy of his love. We all need to hear that tonight. You will never be found unworthy of his love. By his blood, we have been saved. We are saved, healed, and delivered. So let's take the cup together and let's celebrate today all that Jesus has done for us. Thank you, Lord. said this before, I always remember it years ago at our, an old church, one of the deacons was doing communion, leading the whole church in communion for his first time and he had the microphone up there by his mouth and he ate the bread and he's like, hmm. I was like, you must have been really hungry. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, let's just, just close your eyes for a minute. Well, maybe not a whole minute, but maybe, I don't know, maybe five minutes. I don't know. Let's just go there. Yeah, Jesus, we love you. We love you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for what you're doing here. We thank you for your presence. God, we invite you, Holy Spirit, to release to us any word of encouragement, any, any prophecy, any exhortation to strengthen the body tonight, to strengthen those of us in this room, those of us who will listen later. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus.
place safe as we always do and I'm going to ask anyone from our ministry team if you've received a, a word, a picture, a pr prophetic word of encouragement for anyone here, I'm going to invite you to come on up now if you have something, a scripture, a picture, something God has shown you. Let's keep it to something specific tonight that you received as a deposit. Um, sometimes I know it's, it's fun to share what God told us ago or whatever he's been doing but I just want, I want to keep it really for what's right now what is he speaking right now for anyone in the room so don't y'all be shy now I got a couple of just I felt like words of encouragement during worship and I felt like um, I was feeling just the father's heart over the whole, the whole meeting, um, seeing everyone, I just felt that kind of overwhelming love of the Father. But Jean, you know, I think you're precious. You are precious. And you were sitting there and you had your hands on your heart. And I felt like, I felt like God was like taken with you. Just like, that's my boy. Just really, just in a, in the same way that you kind of had your hands clasped on your heart, I feel like he was, he was seeing you and just kind of adoring you. And so I felt like, I don't want to overinterpret, but I just feel like God was, you are seen and you are so, so loved. Like beyond what you comprehend. I just feel like you need to receive that love from the Father. Just to let it really go deep and and heal whatever all the vacant spaces, just let it go in. Just let it saturate you. So I just really I felt that really strongly over you. I wanted to come interrupt you during worship almost, but I thought, oh wait, just let God do his thing. So he adores you. He just adores you. I just, yeah. So receive that. Just bless you with that. Wow. Judah, I know you're my boy. So I know I'm biased. But I just wanted to tell you that I felt like when I saw you worshiping and I wasn't, I'm trying to be careful because I know I'm your mom. But I felt like the father's heart was also overwhelmed with your um, abandonment and worship and so I just want to encourage you I've seen that in the last couple of weeks and I just think that that is a key to you growing in who God's called you to be that worship and worshiping with and in abandon um, is just it's crucial so don't let any one or anything stand in your way go after him because I feel like He's waiting to run to you, so, and you're pleasing his heart by that, so, anyway, that's all. Those are the two highlights I got tonight, so. Awesome. Hey, can we uh, just take a moment and extend our hands to my dad and Judah? If you're next to him, just put a hand on him. Yeah, if you're next to them, put a hand on them. Judy, put a hand on them. There you go. There you go. Don't mess his hair up. He won't like it if you mess his hair up. 
Thank you, Lord. God, we just bless these two, and we just say, Holy Spirit, would you just bring deep, deep, personal, intimate encounters with my dad and with Judah? God, we just declare your freedom over them and new seasons of fresh encounters. As your word has, has told us, we will never be alone. There is no place we can go to escape from your eye, from your presence. We thank you, Lord, and we just invite that, that reality to come in increasing measures over these two and over everyone here, that we would grow in our knowledge and wisdom of an understanding of your infinite presence, your omnipresence. We just bless them in Jesus' name. have a picture oh, during worship. Awesome. And just lifting our, our face to Jesus as we're worshiping. There's just chains coming off. The chains of this world, the chains that have binded us, whatever you feel like is holding you down, whatever's holding you down, just keep your eyes on Jesus. And we were in abandoned worship and he was unlocking those things that have kept us right. So just kept keep pressing into him and let him do the work. So. Yeah, that's good. Awesome. Christopher. Christopher. Yep. Christopher. Yep. You're on the highlight. You are. <laughs> I just, yeah. I just really felt that the father is going to draw you into a new season with him and a deeper season that you've, you've never experienced or known with him. And he just wants you to be all abandoned to him and that he loves you so much. Like you're the guy that he's like, this is my kid. Like he just, he loves you so much and he's with you all the time, all the time. So even if there's moments where you might feel like, where are you? He is right there. And you just got to turn your face to him and press into him bless you with that okay and she's not done with you or I'm she's done I'm not done though so can you stand up or I'm not going to shove you down maybe can I get a couple guys over here <clears throat> we just want to just lay is that okay to put a hand on you you were okay Sunday last Sunday so. <laughs> yeah you know your name Christopher um, is powerful the short version you know just it, you have the word the name Christ in Christopher, which we won't call you Christopher, <laughs> but, but your name means anointed, anointed one. And I just want to declare over you that you were born to carry the anointing of the Holy Spirit, that you were born to become a royal son in the kingdom of God, and that he has entrusted you to carry that anointing. And the word of God says, the anointing that you have received, he won't take it away. So we just declare that over you were born to carry the anointing, the fire, the flame of God. You were born to be a city set on a hill, a light that shines in the darkness. You might judge yourself, you might criticize yourself, you might be introspective and think, but God, 
and then you can find all of the different faults just like the rest of us in this room can do for ourselves. But I just say to you, he declares over you his, his approval because your life has been hidden in Christ and the righteousness of Jesus has been imputed, has been imparted to you. And you are declared holy through the blood of Jesus. And yeah, that is a position that you stand in. And there's also the process of growing, growing in holiness, growing in his righteousness. But you grow in the bed of grace. It's a, it's a fertile soil called grace. And he says, this is for you to grow in, to become strong in. And he says he celebrates every step of progress that you make. He rejoices over you. The Lord says in the word of God in Zephaniah 3.16, he rejoices over his people with singing. He rejoices over you with joy. So we bless you tonight and we call out that fire. We call out that flame that is yours, that Jesus paid for you to carry and to release to let it shine bright everywhere you go. In the name of our King Jesus. Amen. Is that okay? Okay. I didn't think we'd mess that up. Awesome. Oh, and I'm not done. I almost walked away and forgot. <clears throat> Ken, this is gonna be a really weird word, but I'm just gonna give it to you anyway. I don't need ever, I mean, if some of you guys wanna get over here, can I put a hand on you, Ken? Is that okay? You can stand if you want. Okay, so I, I just, you know, I just wanted to turn my ear towards the Lord and, and just get a sense of how what he feels about you. And this is just going to sound really weird. I'm just going to tell you anyway. So, so there, there is a salad dressing. There is a dip called Ken's. And it, I'm sorry, but it came to mind. But, but those, those, those dips, those dressings, they bring flavor. They bring flavor to things that are so boring. Now, my daughter, my daughter over here likes to eat salad with no dressing. I just, I can't have it. It won't go down. So I just pray and declare over you that God has designed you to be a sweet, sweet flavor of heaven, that you help the good news of what Jesus has to go down. Yeah, it's, it's true. It's like the oil of the Spirit in you, flowing out of you as you release it. It's who you are. It's how he designed you to be how you carry his presence and you release the fragrance of heaven, that what you carry as a container makes the, makes the, the truth go down. Yeah. So I just bless you with that. It's, it's, it's your nature. It's who you are. It's who he designed you to be. He designed you to be a sweetness of heaven. You're a man, you are a man's man, you're a strong man, but you have the sweetness of heaven. You carry the sweetness of heaven. That's probably why your wife puts up with you. <laughs> so we just bless you with that, in Jesus' name. Is that okay? Absolutely. Okay, all right. Okay, we're gonna go out and buy you a bottle of dressing. I just feel like God's, he's got you on a new path. Yeah. The word of God says that, God says his thoughts towards you and me, 
and all of us, his thoughts towards you, take it personal, his thoughts toward you outnumber the grains of sand on the shore of the sea. You can't count that, which tells me that his thoughts towards you are constant. He is more aware of you than you are aware of yourself. He's more aware of your surroundings than you're aware of your surroundings. He is guiding you with his eye. He's watching over you. And as a good father, he protects his daughters. I believe he's gonna usher you into new places of safety, of provision, of protection. And he calls out over you who you truly are. You are his daughter. You are his daughter who is dearly loved. And just like I spoke over Christopher, he, and I'll speak it over me, he does not keep a record of my wrongs. He doesn't keep a record of our wrongs. He celebrates every step of progress. He cheers us on. He cheers us on. So we just, we bless you and we, we look forward to the days ahead as we get to know you more. And it looks like Sister Barbara might have something here. Well, you are a sister, right? Okay. So during worship, um, I saw this really cool picture of uh, two men, like around biblical times, and dressed in. Just, their clothes were just tattered and blood-soaked, and they were beaten in in a pit. They were chained. And anyway, so it came to me that this was Paul and Silas. And as they worshiped and they sang, the light just came and filled the room because they were in the darkest places in this prison. And their chains fell off. All the other prisoners heard them worshiping and singing. And then I can read it. Go ahead. It's the word of God. Acts 16 at verses 23 to 34. They were severely beaten. You want me to get my Bible? Yeah, actually. Yeah. It might be a little shorter than the Passion Translation, but it's just as powerful. It's just as passionate. They were severely beaten, and they were thrown into prison, and the jailer was, was commanded to guard them securely. So the jailer placed them in the innermost cell of the prison and had their feet bound and chained. Paul and Silas, undaunted, prayed in the middle of the night and sang songs of praise to God while all their prisoners listened to their worship. Suddenly a great earthquake shook the foundations of the prison. All at once every prison door flung open and the chains of all the prisoners came loose. Startled. Startled, the jailer awoke and saw every cell door standing open. Assuming that all the prisoners had escaped, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself when Paul shouted in the darkness, Stop! Don't hurt yourself! We're still here! The jailer had called for a light. When he saw that they were still in, in their cells, he rushed in and fell trembling at their feet. Then he said, he... <laughs> All right, stop it. Yeah. 
Uh, then he led Paul and Silas outside and asked, what must I do to be saved? They answered, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and all your family. Then they prophesied the word of the Lord over him and all his family. Even, the, even though the hour was late, he washed their wounds. Then he... Then he and all his family were baptized. He took Paul and Silas into his home and set them at his table and fed them. The jailer and all his family were filled with joy and their newfound faith in God. Wow. That's, awesome. that's, that's us. That's us, you guys. Our chains are broken. We're being set free. We're being fed for no reason, just because, just there, because he's got us. He's got us. Every second, every day, we keep our eyes on him. There's nothing else to think about. He's got us all the time. Awesome. Yeah. It's a good, good lesson to learn in that, too, that worship. What's that? Oh, yeah. That's right. That's right. Awesome. Worship is our tool. Of our tool. No, worship is our weapon. Yeah. Yeah. We. That's how we fight our battles. Like that song goes. Yeah. Oh, we could have timed it perfectly, but the phone kept. <laughs> Sorry, but I don't think there are any demons in here, so no. it's time for a new phone. <laughs> okay. I should have just given. I have the Passion Translation right here. I wasn't even thinking. Well, guys, gals, I feel like God has a, a feast for us tonight. Once a month, you know, we're, my promise was to attempt to bring to the table, to set, to, to set the table with one of the revival culture values that we hold dearly as a house. And uh, there's actually time, I think, to do it. It's going to be a lot of quotes from Bill Johnson and others, you know, but hey, you know, why not? We love Bill Johnson, so. Um, but the Word of God, of course, is there, and the quotes are based on the Word of God, so we're not, you know, doing something anti-scriptural. Yes, Judy, it's the Word of God. <laughs> we got the Bible, the Bible lady right here. Yeah, that's good. I wish all the ladies were Bible ladies. Hey. Oh. <laughs> no, they are. They are. They are. They, see, there, she's holding up a Bible over here. Most of them have their Bible on their phone. So I thought a really fun way, we're going to talk about the goodness of God. We're actually, we're not going to just talk about the goodness of God. We're going to feast on the goodness of God. And we're going to start this out with a five-minute video of this person named Jimmy Darts. If you don't know who Jimmy Darts is, you will after this. And I'm just going to encourage you to grab a box of tissue and have it ready. Jimmy was a Bethel uh, School of Supernatural Ministry student, and he was launched out of there, and my goodness. So I'm not even going to keep talking it up, but I'm going to ask you guys to be ready. If you start to cry, just let it out, okay? <laughs> I promise you. I, you think I'm just joking right now, but it happens to me every time. So here we go. Wow. Maybe that one wasn't as tear-jerky as some of the others, but I had to, you know, protect myself. <laughs> hey, yeah, Tammy and I, 
my dad were watching. And normally he does these reels that are just like one person after another he's giving money to in the store, people that are, are definitely struggling. And he usually asks them if they, if they can help him first. Like, can, will you buy me a taco? And the guy's like, I'll buy you three tacos. Anyway, I would encourage you to, if you, need, if you need a blast of joy and love and just knowing what the heart of the Father is really like, I would encourage you. That's a quick way to get your love tank filled. I believe that that's just one person that, that really models the goodness of God. Like, our Father is a generous Father. He's a generous God. He's... He has mercy, he has grace, he has love, joy, hope, unending. I mean, there's no, if, if you could put a measurement on it, that's uh, not God. You know, he is boundless. Yeah. He is boundless. So I don't know if that was okay to, if you guys like that or not. I guess I don't really, I don't care. No, I do. <laughs> I, I, I do care. I care. I'll go cry on my own while I watch Jimmy Darts. So you guys have seen this screen before. These are the 10, that looks like more than 10. I think they're 12, 12 or 13 um, kingdom culture values that we, we just really, we, we hold these things fast and dear to our hearts as a church. And you know, the goodness of God is one of those subjects. It's one of those things about the nature and character of God that it's so important, it's so vital for us to, to understand and know that he is good. He is good, in him there is no darkness, there's no sin, he's not evil, he doesn't invent evil things to try to get you to come to him. I, I believe a lot of that stuff that we come up with in theology is nonsense. It's my belief, hopefully at the end of the night tonight, you might have a, a higher perspective on the goodness of God. I don't think you can exaggerate the goodness of God. Right. I don't think you can exaggerate it. So we're going to go there. Here we go. So kingdom culture, the goodness of God. You know, the scripture tells us in Psalms, taste and see that the Lord is good. So, um, so Matthew 7, 11. Hey, 7, 11. Anyone want a Slurpee? <laughs> How much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? You know, Jesus was telling us about the heart of the Father. You know, if you're a dad in this room, you know you want to give good gifts to your kids. It like brings joy to your heart to give your kids something. It's, it's just how we were made. There's something about it. How much more? If our, our kids are going to ask us for food or, or whatever, you know, Jesus used the examples of bread or fish, you're not going to give them a snake or a stone, right? How much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts? In another version, it says, uh, or another uh, book of the Bible, one of the Gospels, they said, how much more will the Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? I think the Holy Spirit is the best gift. But on top of the one who is everything we will ever need, there's also all of the blessings of life that, that he wants to give us and that he provides for us. So let's look at a couple things here. You guys doing good? You guys all right? We're going to do some Bill Johnson quotage here. So if you don't like Bill Johnson, this is not your night. <laughs> All right, so Bill says in his book, How to Overcome Disappointment. Hmm, that might be a good book for me, for all of us. I'm not disappointed. But we all have, we all have disappointments in our lives. True? Yes. Amen, brother. 
don't want to say amen to that, but yeah, amen. So in all things, especially in the last few years, my initial response is, God, you are good every time, and I celebrate your goodness. That is the bedrock of theology for me. And from there, I watch how God takes every weapon formed against me and turns it in my favor. So Bill Johnson, who, you know, you guys know who he is. He's, he's got a pretty, pretty uh, high-profile ministry on the planet. That's his bedrock of theology, knowing that God is good in every situation, every time. He celebrates the goodness of God. And God, he is so wonderful in all of his ways that he can take anything that's coming against us and change it and turn it around for our favor, for our good. So having the revelation of the goodness of God is probably one of the most important revelations we can have as believers. Many people enter the kingdom with fear and trepidation, thinking they need to accept Christ in order to escape hell, when the reality is that they have a good father waiting to welcome them into the family. God is more often blamed for the tragedy in the world than he is given credit for, and the beautiful creation we see around us daily in the landscape, in a kind word, in our neighbor, in ourselves, in Jimmy Dart videos. <laughs> <laughs> but think about it. How do we want to see people won to Jesus? How are, you, how are you won over to him? Did someone say, if you don't get your stuff right, I'm being careful with my words. You don't get your stuff together. You're going to end up in that place where there's fire and torment forever and ever, where the worm doesn't die, you wretched sinner. Hey, you know, maybe that works for some people. And is it true that hell is a real place? Yes. And would we ever preach anything other than that is the destination for those who do not come to know Jesus Christ? Yes, it's the truth. It is the Bible. And I won't look for a way to skate around that. But God doesn't win us to his heart, to the heart of the Father, by dangling over us the fear of eternity in fire. It's a reality that we, we want to be aware of, and that should motivate us to share the Father's love, because the truth is, as Jesus gave us that parable of the, of the father and the prodigal son who blew his inheritance and was eating the pig pen slop and finally came to his senses and he was like, I'll at least go back and see if I can be a servant in my dad's house. And Jesus gives us a, a powerful picture of the heart of the father, the heart of our father and his father. The moment a sinner turns and, and goes towards God. He comes running down that road. The prodigal son story, the father came running down the road, picked up his robe. <laughs> I guess they wore robes, right? I, don't know, I, just, I picture funny things sometimes when I think of the scripture. And he told the servants, hey, get the sandals, get the fresh, clean clothes, nice robe for him too, to put a, kill that fattened calf. Let's put on a feast. That son of mine who was lost, he's home. His home. God celebrates. He celebrates us when we turn to him. So, yeah, here we go. In his book, Kisses from a Good God, Paul Manwaring, some of you guys don't know who one of our favorite Brits is, but that's our favorite Brit is Paul Manwaring. 
can look into him later if you want. He reminds us that God did not send cancer to teach us a lesson. He sent Jesus to teach cancer a lesson. God really is good, always. And his love absolutely never fails. His heart is for his entire creation to come into the knowledge of his love and goodness. You know, Paul was uh, dealing with prostate cancer and he went through the battle, you know, and he, he did come out of the battle with, I think, a, a, helpful, a helpful statement that surgery is not a second-class healing. And I would encourage people, if you know people who need healing and you invite them to get prayer, you invite them to let you pray for them, you're believing with faith that God wants to heal their body, that we would never put it on somebody to be seen by a doctor, to just hold on until God heals you before you go get help physically with a physician. There are many Christian doctors. Now, do we want to see a miracle happen? Do we want to see supernatural healing? Obviously. But... Sometimes surgery becomes the answer for people, and we would never want to judge or put condemnation on anyone who feels they need to go that route and make that decision. So, is that good? Is that okay? Okay, just trying to help you all a little bit. Okay, kisses from a good God. You might feel like at this point, this message is just, just too kissy. It's just <laughs> kind of like my mother-in-law when the grandchildren were babies. <laughs> kiss, kiss, kiss. But you know what? There's, there's something really important in this theme. If you think about it for a minute, think about if, if you chose not to see God as good, how would that affect how you walk with him? when you make a mistake. Maybe not even a big mistake. Maybe you just saw someone in the freeway who cut you off and you're like, you son of a And you're like, oh no, oh no, I, I cussed. I hated somebody on the road. Road rage, the spirit of road rage got in me and now I gotta get delivered from it. Think about how you would live if every time you made a mistake and fell short, which the Bible tells us that, yes, all, all have sinned and all fall short of the glory of God. Yet we are justified. What does justified mean? Just as if I had never sinned. Justified freely by the grace that is offered through Jesus' sacrifice for us. We all make mistakes and we need to understand that God in his goodness chose you before you chose him. He loved you before you loved him. While you were yet a sinner, Christ chose to die for you. That's pretty powerful, powerful example of the goodness and love of God. The heart of God is birthed in us by God himself. He creates an appetite in us for himself by lavishing us with the reality of his goodness, his irresistible glory an interesting word to bring into this, glory, his irresistible glory. God's love for people is beyond comprehension and imagination. He is for us, not against us. God is good 100% of the time. These realities burn deeply into the hearts of all who simply take the time to behold him. That's from Bill Johnson's book, Face to Face with God. 
Now, speaking of the glory of God and the goodness of God, this is what gets really fun here. Is it on this part? Not yet, but it's coming up. So this, the message we declare, the message you and I, you know, you, believe it or not, you are a message in human flesh. You walk around Bremerton or whatever town you live in, and you, you promote a message based on the words that you come out, the words that you come out of your mouth, the words that come out of your mouth, the actions you do, the person that you put out into the environment. That is a message. So the message that we declare defines the reality we are going to live in. What we proclaim and what we confess, the message that we carry, that defines who we are and how we think. Hmm. I won't give examples of the negative or the opposite, but you guys can imagine. Just, you know, the Eeyore spirit is a good example. Oh, we're never going to make it. It's never going to work out. Probably fail in the end. The church will keep shrinking smaller and smaller, and then they'll finally have to close the doors forever. They'll probably have to join all everyone into another church. You know, so that's Eeyore. Here's a foundational reality. God is good. More questions and concerns arise today over the subject of the goodness of God than almost any other topic. This conflict reveals a deep personal need in the body of Christ to see Jesus for who he really is and experience his finished work. So here's a couple questions for us to think about. We won't take time to do question and answer unless you're just exploding with the answer, but we don't want to like fish for, you know, so what does the phrase, God is good, mean to you? And the second question, Psalm 34, 8 says, Taste and see that the Lord is good. What elements of your daily life help convince you of God's goodness? Let's just meditate on it for a moment. Take a little self-inventory. What does that mean to me when I say God is good? think of a few things. I've been forgiven. Well, it's, it's a good one to start with. I don't know about you, but my mountain of sin debt was pretty big. It's huge. It was like bigger than Mount Rainier. <clears throat> don't laugh because yours is probably bigger than the Olympic range. Whoa. Not anymore. No. Thank you, Jesus. That's right. One drop of the blood of Jesus made that mountain of sin as far as the east is from the west, that's how far he has removed our transgressions from us. He has thrown our sins into the sea of forgetfulness. In fact, I've heard this preached you know, many times. If you sin and then you repent, and you're like, but God, remember when I did that? He's like, what are you talking about? I don't remember that. Because he throws it into the sea of forgetfulness. So don't try to remind God of your sins that he forgave you for. Okay. Let's see how I can make this screen a little bit bigger here. Give me just a moment. There we go. Now I can actually read. See, I'm not willing to get bifocals yet. It's just above my pride. There we go. Now I can read that. So God is sovereign. And we're almost done, guys. So just in case you're like drowsy, you just like want to go get some food. Good. We're good. Okay. Keep rolling. Roll them, roll them, roll them. Keep that train on. Okay. God is sovereign. 
He is independent of us in that we do not bolster him up. Okay? He doesn't need our worship. He doesn't need our adoration. But many think that sovereignty means whatever happens, it's just the will of God. Tragedy happens and people say, God must have a plan. I would edit that and say, God has a plan to redeem that situation. But I think what he's saying is a lot of people say, you know, God had a plan for that. You know, he made it happen so that, anyway. God is the one who fixes things, not breaks them. So much of what is supposed to happen on earth depends on our response to our delegated place of authority. Meditate on that, guys. So much of what happens on earth depends on our response to our delegated authority. God is sovereign over the earth, and he gave us, his sons and daughters, dominion, responsibility to take authority over the broken things and to bring his kingdom and his power and his righteousness into the earth. I don't know. There's some looks in the room like you're doubting what I'm saying. It's just Bill Johnson, so you can blame him. It's called living unoffended at God. So if you're offending at God right now, <laughs> I'm joking with you guys. I got to break it up a little bit. There's no amens in the room. There's no, oh, hey, no falling on the floor laughing. What's going on? Is the Holy Spirit even here? Okay. So I'm just going to read that line again because I need to hear it again. So much of what is supposed to happen on earth depends on our response to our delegated place of authority. Tragedy is not the will of God. Amen. Wow, hey, good. there you go. Now you're, now you're sounding like a charismatic church. I thought I was in the Baptist church for a second there. Do I have to fix that now and delete yes. that off the tape? Repent. Okay, no, it's not about repenting because it's true. But it's about editing the recording. So a cup of er a cup of areas a couple areas I'm making up my own question here in what areas of life do you find it difficult to experience the goodness of God this is like okay you're going to have to think deep on this if you need to take a screenshot go ahead but I'd encourage you to meditate on these these questions think about it ask God these things what area of life do you find it difficult to experience the goodness of God have you experienced a loss or disappointment that affects your understanding of his goodness. I think we've all been there. We've all had a, a tragedy happen and we're like, God, are you really good? Are you really that good? And if so, then why? The big questions of the why. For each area that you've had difficulty experiencing the goodness of God in, what is one action you can take in order to experience God's goodness in that part of your life? I personally would encourage us to try to find testimonies of people's areas of breakthrough that they've had in, in their tragedy, how God shined through the, the darkness, the tragedy, and re redeemed, restored, kind of like the book of Job. Now, we don't get our theology from the book of Job. It is the word of God, but not everything in there is properly understood by many people. His counselors were not speaking from God's voice necessarily. Just gonna throw that out there, mess with your theology and mine. You can come talk to me about it later. He had his counselors, he had his friends. They, they were trying to cheer him up, but they, they thought they could figure it out, 
right? They were off. God came and set the, set the story straight at the end. And what is Job's response? I put my hand over my mouth. Yeah. You want to come do that in front of all of us? Really, like, fast. And hard. I'm trying to be nice. I know it's your daughter. It's your precious little girl. I'm just choking. Just choking. Okay. We're going to get through this in the next couple minutes. So, so this is really awesome. So we talk about the goodness of God and how the glory of God is related to his goodness. And this is, I love this passage. Moses tells God, show me your glory. You guys know the story. What did God do? Puts him in the cleft of a, of a rock in the side of a hill, whatever, wherever it was, in a little cave or something. God replies, I will make all my goodness pass before you. Moses is like, show me your glory. And God's response is, I'm going to show you my goodness. Exodus 33. In this simple response, God has already or was already beginning to teach Moses about the nature of his glory. The first thing God wanted to express to Moses, the first thing he wanted him to know, or yada, to know intimately, was that he is good. That is good. That's good. God is good. It's good. So where do you experience the goodness of God in your life? In what ways do these areas of your life reveal to others a God who is good? Again, these are just things to think about. Just to think about it. Bill likes to often, he used to say this a lot. I haven't heard him say it in a long time. They actually used to begin the streaming online with the, in the different languages, God is in a good mood. Some people struggle with that. They're like, God doesn't have moods. Are you sure about that? Well, Bill likes to focus on God being in a good mood because God is good. And we know the scripture tells us that God is good, that we can taste and see that he is good, that his goodness and his love endure forever. So, are you getting ready to preach? Oh, do it, do it. Just. It's really important that we get this down because if we don't get down how good God is, that influences everything we do. Because then we are preaching a gospel of an angry God or not having grace or mercy for people. And it's just, and we don't ever want it to be where people are believing that lie that God caused whatever, you know, tragedy or, or whatever. That that's, there just has to be that box of mystery at that point. We don't know and, you know, so. But it's so, so important that we get down how good God is so that we, we can represent him well. Yeah. Yeah, it's a belief. It's part of our belief system that definitely affects everything about our relationship with God and how we communicate him to others. Yeah. And you can tell when people struggle with his goodness by how they preach the gospel to you. When you walk around picketing with signs that say, you know, you're going to burn in hell, repent, or you're burning in hell. You know, what's that place called? There's, it's the church that's well known for it. I don't, it doesn't, doesn't matter. Forget about it. Okay, here's just a fun little quote. God's goodness can always be recognized in those who seem to overflow with joy, encouragement, forgiveness, peace, and generosity. That right there is some of the fruit of being well-rooted and established in a theology of the goodness of God. But it's more than just a theology. 
It's experiencing in a relationship with him, his goodness. Oh, we're at the end. Oh, look at that, you guys. Homework. And then after the homework, I want to have you stand for a couple declarations, and then we're done. And we're, it's only 8.10, maybe. Can I drag this out for 20 more minutes? No. no. <laughs> Christopher's like, I don't get it. Well, they know my, my patterns and my habits. I'm like, we got so much time. We're right on time. And then I rabbit trail. Okay. So homework, if you want to have homework, you can do this. Or if you remember any of these things, maybe try to think about doing this. List two or three core values that you feel are essential to living in a greater understanding of the goodness of God, and then determine to walk in these core values daily. That's really good. Wow, I got one person that says that's really good. Thank you, my dear. She's not just trying to cheer me up either. Start your day by recalling stories and testimonies that demonstrate the goodness of God. That's why I chose to do some Jimmy Dart. We could have watched that for a whole hour. Anyway, maybe another time. I won't warn you if we're going to do that because then you might not show up. Continually remind yourself. Continually remind yourself of how his goodness has influenced your life. Oh, I know, I know my mistakes. I know when I put my foot in my mouth tons and tons of times. Based on that alone, God's pretty good. He's pretty good. You're good, God. You're good, Father. Write down three declarations that will help to strengthen you as you continue to grow in an understanding of God's absolute goodness. Why declarations? Because the power of life and death is in the tongue. God, the one who created the heavens and the earth, spoke and the world, the worlds, the universe was made out of nothing. Ex nihilo, out of nothing, there it was. Now you can try to wrap your ideas of evolution into the creation story, whatever, you know, it's, that's your choice. But he spoke, and the Bible gives us all kinds of instructions about the, the power of the tongue, how it's like a little rudder on a ship, and it can direct the whole boat in different directions. And then we see example after example after example of how your words have influence. They have the power to change things. Jesus said, speak to that mountain to move and it will be moved. Jesus didn't think his way out of the wilderness. He declared the word of God in the face of the enemy. I've heard people say, well, I don't really like worship. I, I, I don't need to sing loud. I'll just think the songs I don't know but when I got the baptism of the Holy Spirit I was releasing my voice out of my mouth and it was key to breaking things off of me so anyway why don't we stand up let's stand up let's make some declarations just three three simple declarations so declare this with me yeah shake shake a leg wake yourself up a little bit three declarations do this with me God is good all the time. Amen. The wrath and judgment of God were poured out on Christ so that his goodness could be poured out on me and manifested through me. God's goodness leads to repentance. That's a good word right there. Now, my Bible, when I learned it as a, as a young Christian, because, you know, as NIV positive, um, the NIV says it's his kindness that leads to repentance. Yeah. But in other versions, it says the goodness. So it's his goodness, his kindness. It's all good. 
because he's good and kind. There you go. And it leads us. It's when we come face to face with the goodness of God that we want to turn. We want to change our ways. If you're just afraid of being thrown in a lake of fire for all eternity, I don't know. Maybe you start there if that's what has to happen, you know. But you're going to get in, you're going to have a face-to-face encounter with the one who loves you and and died for you. And he's going to reveal his heart of love for you in a way that's going to break off the fear and bring you into a, a different way of seeing God and a different way of understanding how he sees you. We focus a lot in this church on identity. Like we want to break off an orphan spirit in this church. An orphan spirit is kind of like, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. I'm just a worm. I'm just a slave. You know, I'm just, I'm just dirt. Eeyore. When, when, when we learn what God says about us, it changes things. When he says that to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave them exousia, the regal authority to become the children of God, you get a call, God, Daddy, Abba. You've received the spirit of sonship, the spirit of adoption. The Bible says, and by him, we get to cry out to God, Abba, Father. It's not almost, I mean, yeah, okay, get me correct here. You know, I'm not making fun of it. I am. We don't need to approach God as, oh, most holy, reverent, sovereign God, and then fall down on the ground. Now, there is a time and a place for that, but there's also a time and a place for recognizing He is your Abba, which is an intimate word for Father. It's like saying Daddy. There's a time to fall on your knees and say, Daddy, Daddy God, would you pick me up? So let's just pray now. Let's close this out. Let's lift our hands up to our Papa God. And we just say as sons and daughters, the ones who have been redeemed through the powerful blood of Jesus, our King, we are the ones who've received the new nature, a spirit of sonship, the spirit of adoption. And Abba, Father God, we just reach up to you and we say, here we are, your sons and daughters. Here we are, your children. And we declare you are good. We know that you're a good father. And we say tonight, we trust in you. We put our hope in you. We put our trust in you for the future, for everything that will come our way. We know that you are good and that your hand is on us. And we worship you by giving all that we are back to you. We offer all that we are to you tonight, God. And we say we love you and we thank you for the power of your redemption. We thank you for your heart for us. In Jesus' name. Amen. All right, guys. Look at that. Quarter after eight. I should get an applause just for that. Thank you. Thank you. Take a bow. Take a bow. We used to do that when Isabel was a little baby. We'd say, take a bow. And she'd do this. She's like two. All right. You guys did good, as my dad tells me. You did good. You guys did good. All right. You don't have to all run out the door if you don't want to.